writers, welcome to the How to Win NaNoWriMo podcast, where we are here to get you ready for November. I'm Christina Horner. And I'm Liz Leo. And you're listening to How to Win NaNo. Did you ever want to write a novel? A So this week, we are going to be giving some more information about ourselves and our personal writing journeys. So we've we've made a few episodes already, and I feel like we've given a lot of advice, and we've talked a lot about writing in all its various forms, but um, what we haven't done is sort of taken a step back and given ourselves a, l- a little bit of credibility. I feel like if you, if you came here because you knew who we are, you have probably followed us for a while, and you've seen all of the various ways that we've been involved in NaNo and all the different kind of ways that writing has has been at the forefront of um kind of our online lives um, and our real lives I and say. our real lives yeah yeah uh but for those of you who are new or don't know us or you know we're brought here from some other uh means i think it would be fun to do an episode where we just kind of like get to know each other a little bit and get let the audience get to know us more importantly yeah and i mean i'll be honest if you watched my youtube videos you know a lot of things about me i like don't have that many stories that i haven't already put on youtube but i feel like coming at it from this lens like sort of how has um how has writing always been this important thing in my life and and like why am i passionate about writing and in what ways do i exercise that passion like Mm -hmm. throughout my entire life and and you as well yeah because Um, they don't know that about me if they've been watching you yeah i only show up very occasionally and tangentially often in november (laughs) often in november um yeah so i i thought we would just take an episode um you know not have like a strong writing theme but maybe just sort of talk about um kind of how writing and reading have been a huge part of our lives and um so you know not a strong writing theme well but not like we're not here to teach you like we're not gonna teach we're gonna we're gonna tell you the reasons why you should let us teach you in the future yeah yeah well, so I guess, uh, starting at the very beginning, um, how did we get started writing? It's such a weird question. So on the one hand, I feel like every single writer is always like, I've been writing since I could pick up a pencil. Like, I feel like that's like every new writer's bio. Um, but it's totally true. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since I was little, my parents read a ton of books to me. Um, and Same. Then, my parents yeah. read to me so consistently. Yeah. All the time to the point where I'm pretty sure they, like, eventually hated it. Oh, they hated some of the books that we had, I made them make up stories, too. I would say, can you read to me these two books and then give me a custom story, please and thank you. And that was my, like, nighttime ritual. You got three stories? Yeah, I got a lot. Oh, my God. I I usually got to pick one book. Oh, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Usually me and my brother each got to pick a book, and then we just listened to each other's. Um, And I got, like, a weird like, sick pleasure out of making my dad read me the book that I knew he hated. Because I think there was something about, like, he'd tell me I could pick the book, and then I'd pick the one that he hated, and then he would just have this, like, <sighs> fine <laughs> reaction yeah. that even as, like, a five-year-old, I've, I just found to be, like, deeply amusing. <laughs> um, but anyway, as soon as I, as soon as I, like, learned how to read myself, I was very attracted to the idea of being able to read to myself. And so I remember being at a garage sale, which is where I got most of my books as a kid. Um, and I remember picking up the very first, it was actually probably like the fifth in the series, but my very first, um, Babysitter's Club Little Sister book. And I really couldn't read it very well. I remember I could read like 
a couple words at a time. Like I really couldn't read yet, but I would, I would like read the book standing in my kitchen just in case like anybody walked by and saw like, oh, like that's a girl who knows how to read. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh yeah, like I'm reading this book totally by myself. No big deal. No problem. Um, so even from a very young age, reading was very important to me. Um, the appearance of reading was very important See, to me. that's so funny. I mean, I guess I never thought about the appearance of reading, but also, I mean, mostly because I feel like there was a point in which my parents were like, you are going to hurt your eyes from reading. Like, yeah. I think they, like, actually made me think I got glasses as a young kid because I was reading too much, which is just not a thing. Everyone, like, gets glasses or something at some point because, like, eyesight's usually sort of bad occasionally. And, like, but, like, I thought it was because I was reading at night because oh, I was wow. just constantly told if it was, if you read at night too much, it's gonna, it's dark and your eyes are gonna strain and you're gonna need glasses. I used to read on road trips in the car. Same. Um, and I would read, I, like, it was so boring once the sun went down. And so, like, book I'd be reading. Lights. Well, I didn't have a book light. But, oh, like, so I'd be reading and I'd be in the light. I had, like, ten book lights. There was a point at which my mom would be like, put it away. And I'm like, come on. It's nothing to do. I guess I'll listen to my Nickelodeon Walkman. Did you find that your parents had a hard time grounding you as a kid? Oh. Because my mom would literally be like, go to your room. And no reading. Christina, all I did was read. So they never had to ground me about anything. Oh, that's true. You didn't have... A, a, another sibling to like act yeah. as comparison and also get you in trouble. No, I just like, I, and all I did, and what I loved doing in, especially in elementary school, is I would go to the library and just pick a book that had an old looking cover. Mm-hmm. And, and I read the most interesting, weird, strange, old books. Like I'd pick, they'd be thick and worn, and I would just read them. And, and then eventually I sort of got on the red wall kick, and that was one of my first like, series that I got into. Nice. I kind of did, I did a lot of the, like, I did Babysitter's Club. Well, I did, I started with the Little Sister, and then I graduated to, like, the regular Babysitters. I did Goosebumps, I did Sweet Valley, I did the Ramona Quimby books, mm-hmm. like, I did Amber Brown, like, I did all of those kind of, like, as a kid, I loved series. I loved, like, latching onto characters that I loved and reading all the books about them. And so I read, like, hundreds of books as a kid in probably, like, the same, like, six universes. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because I'm I'm less into series today, but I think it's more that they don't do the kind of same sprawling like hundred book series. Yeah, that they, they did don't. for young readers. Goosebumps was like so un- not unique for that time, but still unique to think back on because yeah, of just the ridiculous amount that was put out. I loved it as yeah. a kid. And especially, like, I think I came in at the exact right time for Babysitter's Club because so many people were selling their book collections mm-hmm. at their garage sales for, like, 50 cents a book. And basically, if the books were under a dollar, my mom let me get as many of them as I wanted at garage sales. So, like, I would just scour those boxes. And I'd sometimes come home with, like, a good haul day. It's like, you come home with, like, 50 new books. And you're like, yes! It was the it, best. It's crazy, too, because, like, I never got into Babysitter's Club. Like, I read a bunch of Wishbone. I read, um, I mean, I read, like, Boxcar Children and some Nancy Drew and stuff. But in general, I think our tastes later in life were pretty informed by the fact that, that probably the same time I was into Redwall, you were into Babysitter's Club. Right, exactly. And I think that's still definitely reflected in our writing today. Absolutely. Um, I think our reading habits today are still different but they've converged a little bit more because I think I've I definitely opened up a lot more to like anything magical and fantastical I'm still not super into like 
high fantasy. Yeah. Um, and, like, heavy other world type stuff. But and, I read a lot yeah. more sci-fi and, and that kind of stuff. And you got me to read the selection, so. <laughs> I'm glad that that's my uh, claim to fame with your reading. You um, loved it, though, didn't I, you? Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> so, like, um, beyond reading, as a kid, I actually started writing very young. I have all of my old writing notebooks where I wrote stories almost mm-hmm. before I could form words. Like, mm-hmm. it was not good. But still, when I go back and read them, I think, you know, there are some interesting story ideas here. Um, maybe one day I'll scan some of them and put them out for people That's to read. That's a great idea. We should both do that. Yeah. That would be super fun. So one of the earliest and best memories I can think of when I knew I loved writing was we were going on a camping trip. And I, and I bet similar um, similarly, you and your parents like did road trips and yeah. camping trips a lot too. A lot right. of my writing revolved around those trips. Same. Because I just had lots of time in the car to think. <laughs> yeah. So I had a notebook and I had a story idea. And so I would write these chapters and I would like... You know, I was I was quite young, but we were with a bunch of other family friends, and at night I would sit around the fire with a flashlight and I would read them the chapter that I wrote. And the kids there loved it, and they were still around my age or a little younger. And so I would have so much fun during the day in the car ride writing my chapter, and at night around the fire reading it. That's so I love that. That's such a fun like like way to make writing this sort of community thing and it probably Mm -hmm. is partially why you were drawn to something like nano because you were already doing something not the same but a similar kind of like sharing your writing with people yeah yeah as when i was around 10 i think yeah when i was like sharing it one of the things that i did um i got really into i was okay so i was sort of inspired by the sisterhood of the traveling pants because i and loved those books. Um, and so my friends and I decided to do this, but with storytelling. So I was really into round robin storytelling. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I, um, there was four of us and we all bought composition notebooks. Um, and we did this, um, over the summer actually, um, where we, we each, like we started our story idea and we would write like a chapter or so. And then we physically mailed these notebooks to each other in like a, in like a circle. So, um, throughout the summer, we, I think we, I think we managed to swap them. Like, I think we at least got every story once, maybe twice. Mm -hmm. And so you would just read with a person before you had written and you'd write the next chapter. Um, and they were all like wildly different and it was super fun. Um, and it was just like another one of those things I loved writing and I got my, one of the things that I like to do is find a thing like a challenge or like a cool thing to do or be a part of and then get all my friends into it with me. That's just sort of like what I've done my entire life. So that was one of the first sort of, um, community, writing type things that I ever like I did I've done a little bit of writing on my own but that was the first time that I was like let's let's like write stories let's write stories together and that was I think I have at least one of those notebooks still somewhere in my house but um that was super fun yeah and I know I know the next your next foray into writing I'm positive I know it is it fan fiction? It's fan fiction. So it's funny I talk a lot about how you know I've done NaNoWriMo 13 times I've had a lot of people following me throughout this whole process and how I've never shared my writing with anyone. And that's actually really not true. I've never shared the long-form fiction novels that I've written for NaNoWriMo, but I have a blog that people have been reading for, like, over a decade. Um, and I wrote a lot of fan fiction. I wrote so much fan fiction and i used to go and vote up for fan fiction and fan fiction contests uh, i would read it too it was i good. totally won a fan fiction contest one time yeah i know i helped you vote for you thank you yeah i you i only wrote two pieces of harry potter fan fiction but i was inspired still 
that was a huge like formative part of my life. I so I wrote a good amount. Um, but I I read Harry Potter and I actually discovered like anime fan fiction first, but then I was looking around on fanfiction.net and I was like, what are topics that I'm like more knowledgeable about because I realized that like the extended Sailor Moon universe goes like so much deeper than what we got on Toonami. Um, and so I like often didn't know like some of the characters people were referencing and everything. So I, uh, I stumbled upon Harry Potter fan, fi fan fiction and I was like, this is a world that I can play in. Mm -hmm. And so I started by reading fan fiction, but I very quickly, um, just became a part of the community as a writer. And I wrote like 20 to 30, stories some of them like one shots but a lot of long form like chapter you wrote some long work. ones yeah and it's not good i've got i mean back... i enjoyed reading it i definitely at the time i definitely have some stories that if we ever want to do like a bonus podcast episode yes. i could definitely oh my read gosh my old fan fiction. i would love for us to read some old fan fiction and old writing that would be amazing so like the thing i i didn't quite get into fan fiction but for many years um 10 to 15 years, I did, uh, like, freeform, uh, like, forum-based or message-based role-playing to, to the tune of, um, I don't have them, um, anymore, actually, but I would have manuscripts with people that were totaling close to 300,000 words. <laughs> that's, that's, for reference, I don't know how quick you guys are at mental math, but that's six nanos. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, I, I, that was a fast form of writing and a fast form of storytelling and character development that I would do with another person or group of people, and I did that for a very long time, and it definitely taught me how to be, because you couldn't edit when you, you know, it, it's very much a community style of storytelling. When you send a story back and forth through the perspectives of different characters, sometimes mm -hmm many. Sometimes we would have, between two people, we would each have six characters that we would, like, work between in a story. And it was something I did for a very long time, and it actually took up quite a bit of time and, like, late night going on the forums uh, kind of deal, but it taught me so much about writing. And sometimes we look down on these things, like writing fan fiction or role-playing or whatnot, but it is so formative to you as a writer, and it oh, will yeah. teach you so much, and it's how you learn the ropes. And so much of writing is just practicing, you know? Absolutely. Like, I talk about how my fanfiction wasn't very good, but, like, I had, I had the vehicle and tools that I needed to practice writing a lot without having to worry too much about building out, like, characters or a world. I got mm -hmm. to just practice playing in it. And then have readers. Like, people, people make fun of fanfiction, but it is so valuable to be able to get readers as a sort of green writer, mm -hmm. I, it's like, I, I can't even, like, at the time... Yeah, you had hundreds of people read your work. At the time, it was just sort of normal. I just found this community, and I was just... It's just sort of, like, was this, like, commonly accepted thing. But, like, looking back, I cannot believe how many people read my writing and gave me, like, positive feedback. Um, you know, when I was, like, 12, 13 writing like garbage but it was other 12 13 year old reading it so like they didn't know it was garbage you know they just like loved it so yeah that was such a like I'm so grateful for that community because I I don't even know that I would have found out about NaNoWriMo if I hadn't been regularly writing because of fan fiction mm -hmm. so it's, yeah it is truly an invaluable way to learn how to write is just by doing it about the thing you love most just 
Mm-hmm. A ton. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also in my, and I know you have too, um, taken a lot of like writing classes. Yes. It's just one of those things. I, I got a degree in it. You, well, right. <laughs> Somehow. Right. I mean, yeah, so you actually studied writing in college. I've done a lot of like continuing education type stuff. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, like the University of Washington has these certificate courses and I took a year long certificate course in fiction writing, actually young adult fiction writing. Um, there's also um, the Hugo House here in Seattle that does a lot of great writing courses every quarter. We've gone um, to a couple quarters worth. I think three quarters we've done it. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I have, um, there's another, there's another program actually here, uh, called Old Growth Northwest, mm-hmm. um, that I actually did a, um, like a NaNoWriMo preparedness class. Um, and it was funny because during the class I was thinking like, man, I could, I could teach this. And then the next year they asked me to teach it. <laughs> so that was also something that was super cool. I got to just have people come meet me at a coffee shop every week leading up to NaNo, um, to sort of like get ready. Kind of like what we're doing with this podcast, honestly. Yeah. Just yeah. Actually, it is exactly like this. We, and we would, you know, work on out outlining yeah talk through our plots etc and that turned into did you say that turned into our writing yeah group. so our we have a we have a monday writing group that we meet uh with there's like there's like six core members and then people who kind of dabble um but that's something that i think that will come up over and over again in this podcast but something that has just been so great to have for so many reasons just a regular group of writers who get together and sometimes it's silly and we just talk and nobody actually writes and sometimes we actually like really buckle down and get work done um a lot of like silly inside jokes come out of that experience but just like being surrounded by people that can keep you motivated has been like the best thing for me yeah, and I, I personally really enjoy the um, Hugo House classes and when I can get to writing club because those are really the only times I have, um, like, time and motivation to write right now because, like, work is keeping me really busy, life has kept me on my toes. So having those dedicated spaces to write, that's where I write right now. I used to, I mean, in college, I used to write every night just pulling out a mm-hmm. document or role-playing, etc. So I you know, to keep on my craft, but also to keep having fun with it. I need to have those events. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely help. I'm working right now personally on trying to fit writing into my life more in a sort of routine way. Um, I'm not someone who does very well with like setting up morning routines, like something like writing, Mm because it's hard for me not to just like get a little extra sleep. Um, Oh, for sure. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more intentional in my, um, just sort of planning and scheduling in my life to leave more weeknights open so that I don't like have plans after work and then come home and then I've used up all my good energy that I could, that I could funnel into something like writing and have that just be totally gone. Oh, you still have energy after the end of the day. Well, not every day. Not every day. (laughs) I miss that. But I'm trying, the thing is, is that I don't. And so I'm trying to figure out like... We both have pretty stressful jobs, but yeah, it's not sustainable. long commutes. Yeah, and it's, but it's not sustainable to no. be stressed out all the time. Like, there's something's got to give if it's like that. So I'm just trying to find ways to, like, really smart. build that into mm-hmm. my life. Because um, it is something that you have to work for. You, you really know? do. There's, there's always something easier to do than writing. Um, it's called sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I have to build it structurally into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I really enjoy it. And that's one of the reasons Nano has been so important to me and... Um, I guess, like, going into... I know we've talked about how we've joined NaNo and, and how we got into it, but um, do we want to go really quickly into some of the ways that we um, have actually been, um, like, beyond just participants? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I... Um, it, that's something that, like, no one's ever... 
I've never done anything with Nano in any formal capacity. Everything has always just been like being a cheerleader on mm-hmm. the side. Um, but uh, yeah, we'd be, we'd be remiss to not bring up all of the ways that we've sort of, on top of just like writing a novel every year and telling people about it, have like actually sort of supported the effort and had it become a huge crux of the type of content that we're putting out into the world. So I uh, started doing Nano in 2000. Six and I and my, me was two thousand seven. Yeah, I think in two thousand seven, uh, I started making pep talk videos. Yeah. So every year I would make it was more like it started as this video that I would make to like, like I said, I love bringing people in to do things with me. I'm very I'm much more motivated when I have sort of a community of people around me all kind of striving toward the same goal. So I would I would make a video every year, kind of like teaching people what NaNoWriMo was, um, telling them why they should do it, and then kind of giving them a little pep talk to. Um, to be in, to, to, you know, so they would believe that they could do it and they would try. Um, and I, I did that pretty much every year until pretty recently. I also, I don't remember what year this was, but I think like 2009 or something, um, I made a music video to a song that I wrote called the NaNoWriMo song. It was a song about doing NaNoWriMo. Um, And I was not in that video, but I was there the whole time it was filmed. So I was oh, on that's set. True. That's I was true. There watching. Um, so that's something that I just kind of made for fun. It was just like I loved this thing, and it was at a point in my life where the way that I, uh, the way that I, kind of expressed myself at that time was to write a song about it. Um, so that's something that people still message me every year saying that like they don't really truly feel like it's November until they've listened to the Nanorama song and then they can start writing, and that feels really good. Mm-hmm. I did a nano pep talk a number of years ago, I want to say four or five years ago. Um, that was our camp nano, actually. For the actual nano pep talks, they get, like, like real famous people. <laughs> but I got to do a camp one, and that was, like, such an honor, and it was so fun. It was actually about falling behind and how you get past that, or at least how I sort of um, psychologically get past falling behind. Because as we'll get into with later episodes... Um, I am always behind. And yet somehow I can still often recently manage to finish ahead of time. That's true. But um, also, I'm not... Okay. I'm not going to say that we invented word sprints. Uh, d- but we possibly at least invented word sprints in parallel to other people who feel like Did they... Did we invented. really? Well, you that was something that you and I invented for each other. Oh, like, yeah, that's that was true. Just a I, didn't, thing. I thought it was a thing. That we just no, did. No, we just were like, okay, because the thing was, we were we were remote. We were, yeah. like, remote friends um, in our first couple of years of doing Nano. And so we would be talking on, I believe it was Skype at the time. Or, yeah, yeah, I think it was Skype, then Gchat. Yeah, and so we would be like, okay, okay, we need to stop watching, like, silly YouTube videos. Let's actually write. And so we'd be like, okay, let's write for 30 minutes. And then come back and see who wrote more. Yeah. Um, and that was just a thing that you... We didn't call it word sprints. It yeah, was just like, let's just point. do like a timed writing. And I love that we still continue to do this, considering yeah. that I almost always win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but who hits their word count every day? Yeah, it's Consistently true. like clockwork. It's true. This girl. Yep, still won every year though. <laughs> Whatever, you can just write really fast. I can really write fast. really it's fast. Weird. It's weird. It's a skill I don't need. It's weird. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was just something that we'd been doing and then I started doing them on Twitter and I, I, other people, this is probably just a, a, like a very obvious concept that other people have thought of in the past, but I like to think that we like at least had a hand in it becoming a popular, more popular nano tool. Yeah. Um, 
I also, uh, uh, many years back, started doing a little, like, video clip every day, kind of documenting oh, yeah. my progress. That's probably my progress. where people have seen me. Yeah, you're in a lot of those, because we often write together. Um, and so that was also kind of a staple. It was like I kept adding on all the things that I had to do each year to feel like I'd successfully done NaNo. And one of those was my, like, writing... Uh, I, I had a different name, like, every year. But, like, writing, like, a uh, book every day. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I bet you had a better <laughs> name. I can't remember writing now. Writing book every day. It was like writing a book in a month. I, I literally don't remember. But, um, yeah, so there was just a lot of things that kind of became my NaNoWriMo ritual. Um, we also, for many years, went to the Night of Writing Dangerously down in San Francisco, um, which is where we got to meet the NaNo staff and, like, hang out. And one time I got to um, run a word sprint there. Like, that I, was really I fun. To, like, go up to the podium. Um, and, and talk to everyone. We've rang the bell there a couple times. Yeah, two, um, two, two different times. Two different times. Which means that you hit your 50,000 at the Night of Writing Dangerously, which is usually a pretty, like, like lofty the 19th goal. or something yeah, like it's that like, is usually when it is. It's like, old, not even two-thirds of the way yeah. through the month. And pretty much every year. The, going to Night of Writing Dangerously was definitely a... Like, an important part of Nano for me. And mm-hmm. I think moving forward... Um, and I think this podcast could help fill a little bit of that space. The yeah, hopefully. yeah, like this this uh like another ritual of the time. Oh, Liz. Yeah, I can't forget that I am also single handedly, maybe not single handedly, okay. but like I would say largely responsible for a very large group of people pronouncing Nanorimo wrong. Yep, and and me, then me. I turned my back on them, so uh, I called it <laughs> I called it Nana Remo for like a really long time. Me and I did too, because guess who introduced me to Nana like, Remo? Many of my YouTube viewers called it Nana Remo. And to be fair, there used to be an FAQ on the website yes. that said, "How do you pronounce it?" And they were like, "We say Nana Remo, but you can say whatever you want. There's no official pronunciation." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, validated exactly. But then once I started like making charity videos about supporting NaNoWriMo and, like, going to the Night of Rainy Dangerously and, like, working m- more closely with the staff, I was like, maybe I should say the name the way they say it. And so I just, like, I just, like, left everyone out in the cold. It's fine. I, I adapted. I caught up. Yeah. It took you a little longer. It did. Well, yeah, because I wasn't making videos for people and... I just, I feel like I had a spotlight on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the years we've done NaNo have been a big growth for me as a writer and we've done so many fun things together i mean including making banana cream pie blended drinks eating banana cream pies um banana cream pie has been like a a big theme a big theme for a reason i cannot remember i think it was like a brotherhood 2.0 you know what i might have been a thing thing. it was like you blenderized stuff yeah they blenderized yeah, that was terrible. I think we yeah. just both liked banana cream pie. Yeah. Um, so we had, like, a ton of things that we were going to potentially talk about in this episode, but I kind of feel like it was just, like, a fun little romp down memory lane, mm-hmm. and maybe we can save some of these other topics Definitely. for the future. We were going to talk about, like, you know, what we write and, like, what our favorite, like, personal nano stories were, but I feel like that's, like, a whole other episode that we can yeah, do at some point. no, I agree. I, I just really enjoyed talking about the, the beginnings of everything, because... It makes me more inspired to move forward. And, and honestly, I challenge everyone to think about, like, what got you into writing. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, um, you can tweet us at How to Win Nano, and maybe give us a little tweet about your first foray into writing or what got you into it or the first thing you wrote. 
Yeah. Or maybe also, as a follow-up, tell us uh, how you found out about NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Both things. Both things would be uh, incredible to hear, because mm-hmm. I I want to know how people get into writing, partially so I can inspire other people, especially young people, to get into writing as well. I also just, like, I don't know if it's... I don't know, like, which thing leads the other. I don't know if I just got lucky that I had a fan base of people who loved writing, or if people got into writing because I was making content about writing. But I just feel so like, lucky and happy that I'm surrounded by so many people who, like, legitimately care so much about writing. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, or just even a young person in middle school or even high school, I loved finding that one friend, you were that friend, too, who would write with me because I felt like I was the only one doing this thing, Mm -hmm. and it was a thing I loved, but... Like, if I could just find one person who could, like, share in that joy, it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And to have now hundreds and thousands of people share in that joy is literally incredible. I love it. I love it so much. Those friends that I used to, like, pass those notebooks around with, they, like, they were having fun, but I definitely had to heckle them because no, they, were not, exactly. they were not writers. And I know yeah. a lot of those people still in real life and, like, they're not writing today. The amount of people so. I forced to write with me. Oh my god, so many people. So many people didn't want to. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, and I, I, I had a couple friends that would spend the night, and we would just give each other writing prompts. Oh, I did write, that was when I wrote Series of Unfortunate Events fan fiction. Ugh, I wish, I wish I'd known any of these things about you back then. Oh my god, I um, was the biggest nerd. <laughs> so, uh, I do want to take a moment to talk about, now that we're all such good friends, Yes. Um, something that we are thinking about doing for this podcast is our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a lot on it right now. Um, we're going to kind of like let it grow organically as we uh, keep doing this podcast and find out more about you guys and what you like and what you're interested in. But for And what now, you'd like to hear from us and see from us. Exactly. Um, but for now, you can go on over to the Patreon page. Uh, Liz set it up. What is the... Yeah, it's patreon.com slash howtowinnano. Wow. It's like I could have just figured that out on my own. Yeah. It's basically everything, all of our social media, all of our email, how to win nano. Yeah. So right now there's just going to be a couple of tiers, basically just, you know, like a, like a high five for doing a podcast. And, um, I believe we are going to have a level where we might (gasps) gasp, share some of our (gasps) writing with you guys. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'd like that. Especially maybe this is a great place to share some of our old writing. Yeah. Or in nano, we could also just be like... Here's the here's the shit I wrote today. Yeah, yeah, you can get live. This might be the place where we give you live updates of what we're working on that November. That would be pretty cool. I'd love that. But I mean, if maybe that's one level, another level might just be becoming nano buddies with us on the website. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and and also maybe um, there'll be some like monthly writing prompts that will come along with being a member. Yeah, cool stuff like that. But yeah, um, we're we're getting our Patreon flushed out again. Patreon.com/slash/howtowinnano check it out. Really, we're not trying to, like, make this into a job or money-making exercise. We really just want to be able to keep doing this and... And pay for the equipment that we bought. Pay for the equipment we bought. (laughs) Really, that's it. hosting. Apparently, like, you can just put videos on YouTube for free, but apparently with podcasts, you gotta, like, pay to host them somewhere. So that's all new. A little bit of cost related to that. And we'd love to just be able to carve out more time to work on this and share our thoughts and share our stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, you can help us do that. So I think that's it. This is already, like, definitely our longest episode, but I hope Uh, you like just hanging out with us. At least five minutes is bloopers. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs)
<laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Liz pointed out that in a previous episode, I said watching because old habits die hard. And I said that probably 600 times yep. on YouTube. So uh, might say it again in the future. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this has been fun. I can't wait till next week. All right, everyone. Keep writing. Keep writing. Sorry, I just, I can't get over the fact. I think it's so adorable. They're like, you have to look at me and it's so cute. You can't like not look at me when we podcast. Well, we're having a conversation. I know, it's so good. I The first episode, we like... I had the microphone blocking Liz's face and I kept like leaning over. You still sort of do Liz it. Liz kept being like, no, talking to the microphone. And I'm like, but I want to look at you. <laughs> it's just like a dog who like, you know, like when you go to the bathroom and they're like poking their head in the door. Well, it's more like we haven't scripted this. And if I'm going to finish a thought, I want to make sure that you're there to pick it up. And if I'm talking and you want to jump in, I want to make sure that we're like, We've got this, like, second layer of eye conversation going on. It's true. We do intuit each other's talky bits. (laughs) How to win Nana, where we intuit each other's talky bits.